ready? I guess so. I guess so. Okay, so today we're back, and as I said, we're talking about our top 10 favorite subclasses of Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking a break from our class discussion, we're going to get back to that at some point. Cleric is next. Cleric. But for now, we're just going to talk about top 10. So, John, what is your 10th favorite? Oh, my least favorite? Your least favorite. We're going to start at the bottom, work our way up. Okay, cool. See, I came into this thinking we were going to do, like, five, so I have... Nine. Nine? Okay, uh, you know, we can do top nine. <laughs> we can do top nine. Sorry to make you take one off your list. That's Actually, okay. if you could go first, I could probably think of another no, one. No, 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 it's fine. What's, what's, your, what's your top nine? <laughs> Starting at number nine. Number nine. <laughs> um, I guess because it's not a subclass, we could start with Artificer. Okay. Just because it's like, it's not a new class, but it's been... It's new to us. Yeah, you know? Um... It's been, like, Unearthed Arcana for a while, you know. It was published in Eberron, so it was published, but not for kind of mainstream Mm D&D. If you played in Eberron, you could play it, but I didn't have the Eberron book, so. So it's new to us. New to us. Um, But, yeah, I like that it's, like, a tinkering class. It's kind of like take Wizard and just make it more mechanical. So, like, if you're a real big fan of steampunk, like, this could be really for you. Right. Um. I think they get some cool features. Eldritch Cannon is pretty cool, in my opinion. I know you kind of disagree. I just, it's, a, between all of the Artificer subclasses, that's probably the one I like the least. But yeah. that's that's not to say I don't like it. It's just, it's not one that I would play. Yeah. I just think it's cool. It is. It's it's, it's definitely an interesting class. And I know uh, Tess was kind of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So, there, there I, can, I can definitely see some fun ways to play around with it. What's your uh, number nine? Number nine <laughs> is... <laughs> Probably the Fey Wanderer Ranger. Okay. I know you're not too big on rangers. No, I actually have to number down my list now because I just wrote a big list. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Fey Wanderer Ranger, it's all about um, misdirection and charming, and it gives additional damage to the ranger, which is, you know, kind of necessary. It is a little bit weaker of a class in the PHB, mm-hmm. but it... it it almost allows you to be a party face as a ranger. It gives you some charisma bonuses not like to your stats of course but yeah like persuasion and deception it gives you some additional things that really help out and it's i don't know i think it's really fun that you could kind of be especially if you play an elven ranger you could be really in tune with the fey and the fey wild yeah kind of go along with that gives you spells like misty step dimension door Mm -hmm. all about transportation and teleportation yeah I am struggling to come up with number eight. Is this just, can, are we going like top one, two, nine, or nine to one, or is it just here are? I de- okay. Are you doing yours in order? My, I'm, I kind of have an order, and my reasoning is because my top five were class, subclasses where I looked through the book, mm-hmm. and I immediately had a character and a backstory that I wanted to play, and I was inspired to play. Gotcha. Okay. So, because I can definitely narrow this down to my top five. Well, if, yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna narrow it down, we could do top five and then just talk about other favorites at the end, or like some honorable mentions. Sure. So, I think we're gonna have one overlap, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Or or two. Going from like my bottom, my favorite though. Uh, is, I don't know if this is gonna be higher on your list, but Wildfire Druid. Yeah, that is higher on my list. That's that's what I figured. I know you like the flavor of the uh, the little fire spirit that could. Uh, Travel with you. I know you have your character in mind already. Exactly. See, but again, that's that's kind of... Yeah. But I, I really do enjoy the Wildfire Druid. Why is that your fifth? I love the, like, 
so much of these are just flavor based. Like it's, I don't never even necessarily need to look at the stats. I just need to look at it and go, oh, that's a really cool original idea. And I like the openness of where I could take that. So like, you know, you during like crop crops have to be rotated. So their nutrients don't get, you know, like super dried out and everything. So like that wildfire druid is kind of like part of that. Right. And, and, you know, fires are a part of nature, even if, you know, sometimes we don't see them. So it's really cool to me that there's like, they noticed that and they were like, all right, cool. We're going to make a class that's just this completely idea that while it may not seem like it's good for nature, it really is. Right. And I, I actually really, really enjoy the flavor behind it too, because fire, a lot of people look at the destructive nature. They give you things like scorching ray, wall of fire. They don't give you fireball, unfortunately. Yeah. But... It's also a big healing thing, cauterizing wounds, mm-hmm. um, like warmth. you were saying, warmth, controlling areas of destruction and such. And fire can be a tool as well as a weapon, and that's why I really, really enjoy Wildfire is actually my number two. Gotcha. I actually think they just rewatched Avatar while they were doing this, and they were like, oh yeah! Because they have that whole realization uh, like towards the end that like fire isn't just destructive, it is also light. Right. So uh, probably what they did was just oh, like, sure. oh shit! Season three of Avatar, yeah. Let me write this down. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. Um, so my number five is the Fathomless Warlock. Okay. I actually saw this in the Unearthed Arcana, and I had a character kind of generated for it. Gotcha. And for me personally, it is up there in strength with the Hexblade Warlock. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I when I look at Warlocks, I really don't... To me, they don't really evoke as much mm-hmm. inspiration to me like you have the fiend you have the arch yeah. i might play the celestial but to me they're all and again i i know i don't we're, we're not always necessarily supposed to look for this but they don't really have as much mechanical support and i feel like yeah. i would turn into an eldritch blast machine yeah. with the with the others the Hexblade really gives you that versatility, and so does the Fathomless Warlock. Gotcha. Gives you a tentacle you can summon, do extra damage with on a bonus action. Gives you a lot of really cool abilities about, like, swimming through the dark. You get to telepathically communicate with a creature yeah. as long as you're underwater. It's it's There's so much flavor behind it where I feel like in the right campaign, you don't have to almost fall back onto the, oh, look, Hexblade's the best one, so let's do it. Or, oh, shit, I only have three spell slots because we're only, like, four or five. Uh, Eldritch Blast. Exactly. So, to me, I can definitely see the Fathomless Warlock as a warlock who kind of moves away from Eldritch Blast. Yeah. Would I take it? Probably. Uh, Would I have to? (laughs) Honestly, as as a Fathomless, I really don't necessarily see that. I could definitely see myself taking Chill Touch and kind of... Getting yeah. in with that, because the theme behind it is the fathomless. You're it's this deep undersea yeah. creature. It could be something like a kraken or it like it is Ukatoa. It is Ukatoa or Cthulhu. Yeah, just something really cool to me. I think a lot of these, when you start as a new player, you just kind of see like so many options, and you're just like, wow, these are all really cool. Um, and then as you get more experience, you're just kind of like, yeah, I could play a circle of the moon druid, the best druid. I could play a hexblade. Like a lot of these, like. Even if they're not the strongest, I think there's so much flavor and, like, original concepts behind them that that validates them so much more. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, a lot of these I picked just because, like, I had, like, I read them and I was like, I'm already so into this. Like, um, I think my next one is, this is out of order. Okay. Well, that's no good. Uh, the, uh, the College of Eloquence Bard. Okay. Because we talked about how that is the, like, support of support bards. Right. That, again, that 
inspiration to two people at higher levels until it fails. You can continue to use your uh, bardic inspiration die. It's it's both strong but has a lot of flavor behind exactly. it. Exactly. There it's like literally eloquence is like the perfect word for like that college. Oh my god, I completely agree. And it, it's 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 such um I get I don't know if I would play it. I I'm bard isn't really my main. Yeah. But I, I could definitely see you really having a fun time with it because of how much you enjoy role play and you don't mind really being in the spotlight of role play. Yeah, I I feel like the only way I'm going to end up playing a bard is if I'm late to deciding and I'm like, okay, we've already got a barbarian, a wizard, a rogue, or, or you know, like a lot of frontline, then I'm like, okay, we need a support. We've got one cleric, but if it's like a big group and I'm late, then I could be like, okay, cool. Well, I mean, like, take I- that role. I don't know. In my in my personal opinion, you don't really need the best party synergy. Like if if you want to play a barbarian and someone else in the party wants to play a barbarian, what's the best way to support if not kill things faster? True. So True. I mean, yeah. I just like balance. That's fair. Cuz you know, if the cleric goes down, now I have to play support, you know. Yeah. No, no, I definitely see that. Um my number 4 is actually the rune knight. Gotcha, I, I skipped over this. <laughs> Perfectly fine. The Rune Knight Fighter, what you do is they use giant runes, and they can pretty much give themselves the enlarge spell. And they're all about using these runes both in and out of combat to do different things. Yeah. Which I think, I, I really enjoy the fact that some of these runes, like the, I think there's one that gives you advantage on deception checks. Mm-hmm. It, it can really add to your repertoire as a fighter. Because a fighter is generally just a fighter. They're so martially based. Yeah. I think the Rune Knight really, really gives you <clears throat> some versatility. Yeah, and we I, we briefly talked about how I don't want to play a fighter just because I find them so boring. And, like, it's just like, okay, yeah, what do you do? You hit things? Okay, you can be a barbarian. You know? like Right. Or you want to hit things but be dexterous? Okay, you can be a monk. Like, right. It, it's like... It has that same flavor to me as why would you play a human in Dungeons and Dragons when you are literally in a fantasy world? Like, let the NPCs be the human. You be the person who is unique, you know? Fair enough. That being said, my third choice is Sci Fighter. Okay. Just because it's. That was really cool. It's like enough. It's like a taste of magic where it's like, you know, if you don't like playing a, a, a spellcaster, you might go Warlock because it's like spellcasting light. This is like. It gives you, like, really cool, like, just little things, like, um, being able to push people, uh, with your telekinetic thrust on your turn. Like, that's cool stuff. And, like, those little just changes of being, a, like, telekinetic. There's a reoccurring theme of telekinesis in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even there's a feat, uh, called telekinetic, which yeah. is a really, really good feat for people like spellcasters. Is that the one that gives you an invisible mage hand? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, no, I, it seems like psionics and stuff, especially even with things like the Aberrant Mind Sorcerer almost, yeah, that's has that. Honorable mentions. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, but it, it you, you're right. Psionics definitely seem like something they're not really making into a class. Like, I know mm-hmm. in older editions of D&D, there was a psionicist, Ooh. but it doesn't seem like they're really doing that anymore. They're just kind of flavoring certain things to feel like you are being psionic. Yeah, which I'm fine with. Oh, I can. It, it, I, it's cool. I'm fine with it. Like, there's so many cool things. Like, you can, you know, psi-powered leap. Um, you're, like, what else do I have? Your psionic dice that you can either reduce damage on, add to damage, or, you know, 
move a smaller or lo- like a large creature or smaller. It's all it's to me that to me that one's similar to a battlemaster fighter. If you if you know anything about that, nope. they get battlemaster dice where they get specific maneuvers that they can do. Mm-hmm. There, it's not necessarily magic, but it's just kind of more battlefield control. Gives them extra damage. They can have an help an ally move. They can reduce damage. So it's it's similar, yeah. but this one g- does have that magic feel behind it. Yeah, just just like it, it's enough. Of that magic where I don't feel human playing a fantasy game, you know? Right. It's almost Jedi-like. Yeah, kind of. But to me, the issue is just, oh, the wizard just cast Fireball. That's cool. Oh, the the monk just stunned someone. I'm just going to hit him twice with my sword and then maybe action surge and hit him again. Yay. Like, it, it just, it's enough. Which is fine. I mean, a fighter doesn't excite you. To each their own. Like Will has said multiple times to us. I don't know if he said it on here. Probably not. It's been a while. It has. But he does not like spellcasters. He prefers to play martial classes. Things like fighters, rangers, barbarians. Gunslinger. Gunslinger. But so, I mean, to, to each their own. Yeah. Um, my number three is actually the Phantom Rogue. Mm-hmm. Because, again, I read this and it's all it's almost cleric-like. You get a kind of a free mini speak with dead... Mm-hmm. It's a very strong subclass, but I don't really like it for that. It's because when I read it, I immediately thought of a character. Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah. So this character has dead parents, you know, <laughs> as every rogue does, but they live with their dead parents because they're ghosts. And that's why they're a <laughs> phantom rogue. Because his parents and the other ghosts that he lived with taught him how to live mm-hmm. and taught him how to be sneaky with fucking ghost powers. Yeah, exactly. Like... It, it, and I mentioned when you told me the the taking on any trope like there's a reason you know like almost you know the joke oh if you're a D&D character you're 75% more likely to have dead parents it's it's just because that adversity makes people so the reason tropes are so common is because there's there's value right, there's reason them. behind it yeah so I love that you were just like okay cool parents are dead and you, you hear rogue and you're like oh yeah let me guess grew up on the streets you know but then you're like oh no but his parents are Still very much around. They've got a really good relationship. <laughs> I already I already have a moment in my mind. I was like, yeah, my parents are dead. You want to meet them? And everyone's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? Okay, they're down the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. It leads you into like a mausoleum going down into the cemetery. Everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> the cleric's just like, are we sure he's not going to kill us? <laughs> yeah, no. And they're like, mom, dad. And it's like two just out of the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, son. Hey, son. Oh, you brought your friends. <laughs> Everyone's like, what is going on? Yeah, uh, great for roleplay, too. I, I would love that. So, again, it's It's such a strong subclass because it allows you to actually throw sneak attack damage to another creature when you hit someone. Mm-hmm. Like, half sneak attack damage. So, I know it is very strong, but I really just want to play that because come meet flavor. my ghost parents. Yeah, gotcha. To me, that that's such, that's such an exciting thing. Oh, yeah. And then you guys end up becoming, like, the Ghostbusters, and now you have to kill your parents. Oh, that'd be really interesting in, like, a in an undead campaign. Yeah. Where you guys that'd are, like, this, like, yeah. And then there's that, like, inner conflict the entire time of, like, oh, where you just killed some ghosts. My parents are ghosts. What if other people are living with their ghost mom and dad? Um, For two, I have Peace Cleric, just because... We built one for this, like, little one-shot we were playing, and then, like, I just read it, and I was just like, I really like what it what it means, you know? Peace Cleric is a strong option, too. Yeah, yeah. It has protective bond, which is really cool, uh, because now people 
affected by your emboldening bond, now you can swap out and take the damage for them or teleport as a reaction. Right. And that is, emboldening bond stacks with things like bless. Yeah. Where you can get it. Which is already four. basically bless for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's 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 a very strong option, but again, I could definitely see really good roleplay mechanics behind it. Yeah, I'm a little ashamed that we kind of like homebrewed the idea of being like, oh, you know, get on armored defense because of that. Um, and what I didn't get was my only issue is like potent spell casting as you add your wisdom to your cantrip damage. It's like you're a peace cleric though. You're doing more damage. I mean, I guess if you die faster, that's peaceful. I mean, that, I mean, you could look at it where... You could definitely look at it where the ultimate piece is death. Sure. Yeah. You could you could look at it where... You could be a lawful evil peace domain cleric. <laughs> where you achieve peace... This is a cool villain. ...by murdering everyone <laughs> who opposes you. This is a really cool villain. <laughs> Right, but uh, again, that gives so much flavor and so much opportunity for things beyond just, I am a peace cleric, yeah. and I go around healing everyone, and I never do damage, because that's, yeah. sorry, that's lame to yeah, me. Yeah, not how I would play it, like, we had, like, my little character, and I was kind of ready to be that, you know, like, reluctant peace cleric, you know? I was really right. excited about that. Right, or <laughs> kind of to go along with reluctant peace cleric. What if, what if it's like Asmar Cleric, okay? Okay. Hear me out. Asmar Cleric, <laughs> Peace Cleric, your, your celestial like patron, both your deity and who blessed your blood is a Peace Cleric. There is like a Peace Deity. <laughs> so you have to like. So you have, and they're like, come on, come on, just, just heal people. And you're like, I don't fucking want to. I want to use spiritual weapon and spirit guardians and hit shit. And they're like, oh dear God, just, and it, that'd be really fun in a world where the gods are really really involved yeah where one might come down and look at you and like talk to you at night be like okay listen <laughs> i'm giving you these powers so you can go out and achieve peace but dad i <laughs> that's your dream <laughs> not mine <laughs> then you cast spirit guardians on it what? i'm immune to this jackass i give it to you the sentiment is still there <laughs> words hurt <laughs> oh, I love this character already. I kind of, I kind of want to play that now. Yeah, in in a world like Theros, where the gods are so involved. Yeah, <laughs> just cast sending. Hey, I healed someone. <laughs> I'm proud of you, <sighs> Dad. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> oh goodness! Like an edgy teen celestial. <laughs> oh, a fallen ass. No, no, they wouldn't be fallen. No, not yet. But they like dye their hair to look like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my dad just doesn't understand me. Son. Dude. I wanted to be a trickster cleric, but he he wanted me to be a healer. Family business and all. <laughs> Why does that sound like so much fun? I don't know. Uh, but I, I really uh I really want to play that kind of peace cleric now too. That that would be awesome. But I I mean, and um just to continue on, I know we discussed it a little bit, but my number two is the wildfire dread. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. The Spores Druid gives you it a little bit, but it's kind of weak mechanically. Mm-hmm. But both the Stars and Wildfire Druid give you options other than shaping into an animal for your wild shape. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so... that That's something that's so kind of untouched. Yeah. The Circle of Shepherds and the Circle of Dreams, you can do so many other things, but it's like, okay, cool, your wild shape is still just you turning into an animal. So, but but I'm a circle of dreams. 
Yeah. I'm not really about animals and such. I'm about, like, the Feywild and healing people. Can I... Yeah. So, to me, it never really made sense why they couldn't use their wild shape for something else. So, I really, really love the idea that this lets you create this little, like, Firefox that can wrap around your shoulders. Yeah, you just loved that image, didn't you? I did. I love... That is beautiful art in Tasha's. The the art is really good. It's way better than the book. I, I, like... You know, you let me borrow it, and I was just, like, looking through the player's handbook, and I was like, wow, this art is bad, <laughs> well, just I mean, in comparison. Think about it this way. The player's handbook came out six years ago. Yeah, I know, but the art is bad. <laughs> the art is bad, but that was first rendition. Yeah. So, no bash on the artist. No, but Tasha's just looks so sleek. It it's does. More, it's more a, com- a compliment to Tasha's. It does. All right, so, I have a feeling I know what your number you one is. You probably do know what I have a number. feeling... All right, now I'm just going to switch it up on you. No. My number that. one is Beastmaster Ranger. <laughs> I do like the new Beastmaster, not going to lie. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. You did tell me you like. You were like, oh, they fixed the Beastmaster. And I was like, still not going to play it. <laughs> Fair. So, what is your number one? Ladies, gentlemen, we all know what my number one is. It's that new Genie Warlock. I love this class so much. And it may be because I'm playing a Ganassi. It may be. But I love the genie vessel ability to just be like all right well fuck this shit hey you hold on to this throne like the barbarian you're like little like doesn't even have to be like sure your lamp because i can't we'll just, say, we'll just say lamp for right now. yeah you throw him your lamp and then just right into it like that'd be <laughs> just like i'm sitting this battle out me and the cleric got into an argument no fuck that guy now i'm not helping you guys you know <laughs> that could be a lot of fun right and then eventually you get to bring people in and then bonus action kick them out so like what if you're like, all right, we need to have a meeting, and you're just like, oh shit, these enemies, like, they're gonna surround us. Just throw it up and bring everybody in, and like, two of the enemies. Be cool. It'd be interesting. Like, Civil discourse. We're here to talk. You know? Or, Fair. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I'm and gonna then, be honest. I don't like the Genie Warlock. I'm aware. Some people don't. Yeah. They're, they're, it's very divided on, like, a lot of people are like, this is awesome. It's so cool. And then, like, other people are like, but why? I, okay. Don't get me wrong, I can definitely see it. Genies are a very powerful thing. I can 100% see them being a warlock patron. It just doesn't do it for me. You know what I mean? Like like I said, kind of my top five and even extending to some of my top ten, my favorite subclasses were ones where I looked at them and I immediately got inspired and it evoked in, it invoked such emotion to where I wanted to play this class. And I yeah. looked at Genie and I was just like, eh. Yeah, no, well, just because I immediately linked it to my current character, and I was like, that'd be really cool. Right. Am I going to do it? No, just because if we're playing a long campaign, which you've said we are, why not max out Druid? That's fair. That's um, fair. Just, you know, the resistance to damage of your genie type, so like bludgeoning, lightning, fire, air. My bad, I just looked at my notes. Cold damage, not air. <laughs> I was thinking of Avatar. Um, and then at 17th or whatever, the final level is limited wish. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting ability. Yeah. It's so cool. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's pretty cool. What is it? Spells of like six level or yep. below you get to like cast once and then you roll like a D three and that's how many days it can be before you use it again. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. That's an awesome level cap or, um, cap ability for the genie warlock. But again, it's just, for me, it's just, eh. I'm gonna be surpri- I'm gonna be honest. I'm surprised. I I it was between two for your. Were you thinking Stars Druid? I thought the Stars other? Druid was gonna be your top mm-hmm. because I thought you looked at Stars because you whenever the the minute we got Tasha's you looked at Stars Druid and you're like, dude, Stars Druid is so cool. Yeah, it 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 is. 
because like it it's the only well fire druid wildfire druid does it too but i don't think to the extent of like it makes it gives moon druid competition right um i don't think wildfire is is on that level oh it is not nearly as strong as a moon druid you're right but but stars druid is finally like competition for it so now i don't feel bad for playing a moon druid you know yeah so everybody's like oh you're playing a druid let me guess moon uh the strongest one obviously uh. that's fair and i mean this this is nothing against you at all but me personally i don't like playing a moon druid as a player I wouldn't like playing a moon druid as a player because loving it, th- and that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you are. But for me, again, kind of like the genie warlock. Some subclasses do it for me. Some don't. Same mm-hmm. thing with you. I like the rune knight fighter, and you're just like, eh. Fighter in general, just eh. Fair, fair. They do have an eldritch knight. Gives you a little little bit of spell casting. Yeah. Little bit of spell casting. Play anything that gives like so many classes that have spell. A druid is proficient in simple weapons. Like you can still cut shit, but you don't get two attacks. Yeah, I don't get two attacks or three attacks in the case of my shit. Okay, boy. So your top pick. My top pick is the aberrant mind sorcerer. All right. To me, this. I, reading through it, it was just so interesting. Mm-hmm. It has, I w- the fourteenth level ability for it is you get to spend one sorcery point and get to do. You have a bunch of different you options you can four choose. Four options from. you can either fly, uh, gain uh, swimming speed, double your walking speed, yep. um, go invisible, or become a goo person. And you fucking squeeze through a space as small as one inch. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Imagine being in a party with a rogue coming to a locked door and they're like, okay, I got this. And you're like, hold on. Just underneath. Just go underneath the door. Or or like the like crack between the door, like the where the hinges are, you know, yep. just hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> you got to make that noise as you do oh, it. Oh, every time. Of get course. A, that's how you get inspiration. Exactly. But, um... Between that ability, and I, I love the small telekinesis, that not telekinesis, telepathy mm-hmm. that you get. I think it's super interesting. And the fact that you can, it gives you some damage spells as well as some... Yeah, like um, Arms of Hadar. Exactly, as well as some outside of combat spells like uh, telekinesis, mm-hmm. which can be both combat and non-combat. Regardless. I just, uh, to me, it, it's, such, it's such a good one. And I, I told you this already, but I have... This is the next character I want to play. Yeah. I read this and it just gave me such an idea for a character. I could 100% see them. I have a reason why they're at level one. I have a reason why they are what they are. I have some fun inner conflict with them. Yeah. I think you did explain this to me and I'm blanking. So you can probably tell me when we're done. Um. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's small. It's the uh, the um, Asimar. Yeah. 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 So, but... Dear God, that that is definitely just the next race class combo that I want to play. Yeah, so I'll write a really sad one shot for you guys, and you can play it. Well, if it's just no, I, that's a character <laughs> I want to play in a very long campaign. It'll be a very long campaign. <laughs> very long campaign one shot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what were some of your honorable mentions? Uh, Evermind Sorcerer was on there. Okay. Uh, Cyrogue. Interesting. Again, I just love that. I love the the psionic blade where now you can stab people and there is no visible like in like I think we mentioned it last week in that campaign where it's very politically driven and like um just role play heavy this could be something where like oh this 
government official is doing something and they need to be stopped, well, you hire the psionic rogue who can kill somebody and leave no evidence behind. Dude, imagine this party. An aberrant mind sorcerer, <laughs> a college of whispers bard, and a psionic rogue. Yeah. Just... No one will ever know it was them, ever. Because <laughs> psionic... Because they all can just do shit subtly. They yeah. can all just... They're all the masters of subtlety. Exactly. I just... I loved that. Again, just that little thing. It immediately was just like, oh, wow. Just like, you know, in our campaign, we had to, like, get rid of somebody. Or we chose to, you know, kill somebody who was preaching the bad guy's, um, you know, Bible verses. Yeah. So we were like, oh, yeah, let's get rid of him. Let's kill him. And that would have been really easy that if we had... That so nice. It, like, he, we, we could have, like, just snuck into his hotel room while he was asleep. Just stab him one time in the heart and then... Bounced. Exactly. No evidence. Nobody the wiser. No evidence. No blood. Yeah. Instead, you got arrested. Yeah. Stars Druid was on there just because, you know. Fair. It was the other one. Um, I was a big... F- I'm a big fan of the Oath of Watchers Paladin. That mm-hmm. almost made it onto my list. For me, I really enjoy Paladins. I like them in 5th edition. And any Paladin that can get Counterspell. Mm-hmm. Always good. Yeah. When I look at Paladins, none of... Uh, even Oath of Vengeance, which everyone see- deems as, like, probably one of the best paladin, mm-hmm. or one of the best subclasses in 5th edition anyway. Mm-hmm. None of them really... I looked at them all, and I was like, oh, okay, I mean, I guess I could kind of play something like that. It'd be difficult to yeah. role play. I've been helping one of my players, because we just, like, reached 3rd level, and I was like, okay, what subclass do you want? He was like, I don't know, and I, like, looked through all of them, and I was just like, man, I really don't want to play any of these, like, on my own. Right. So, but the Oath of the Watchers for me is like, you're kind of not concerned with your oath. No, you're you're not concerned with the material plane. Mm-hmm. You're a protector of the material plane. Gotcha. You look for extra planar things, uh, aberrations, celestials. I, I have it pulled up right here. Aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, and fiends. You mm-hmm. are the ultimate protector of the mortal realm. Mm-hmm. You could honestly play that. I I could definitely see myself role playing this paladin as someone who's like deems themselves above the law at first. Mm-hmm. Who goes like, I have no time for your mortal law. Yeah, I am the law. <laughs> almost, almost. Yeah. Which, to me, that could be really, really fun to role play. Him having to be like, especially if it's a level one character, thinking they're above all. They, yeah, they are the knight. And then he finds out he's. He's just another fucking person. He's not hot shit. You know? He's just another human. His shit still stinks. <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> I love that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good phrase. No, it's a great phrase. Um, yeah, like, I can see that. Uh, did that uh, influence the uh, the warlock subclass you made up? The uh... Uh, Yeah, I made the beholder warlock for... Mm-hmm. Whomever killed Malum Feka in our main campaign. Mm-hmm. And no, actually. I had the Beholder Warlock made well before Tasha's came out. Gotcha. Though the Watcher's Paladin was a UA, but I also didn't really look at it too much. Yeah. But I did have the Beholder Warlock kind of made, and I'm pretty hype about it. Will might not even choose it, which is perfectly fine, but... There's a chance we could end up fighting somebody who... Oh, that was a knowing smile. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> little, little bit pull from Critical Role, but also, I mean, hey, if you deny someone, you're gonna have a small enemy. Yeah. Yeah. 
That last session made me feel like we made a bunch of enemies, but it's fine. You know. Well, you just made an enemy of Zaros. That's fine. And Zaros made an enemy of you. Yeah. That's what happens when you murder a civilian. Well, I didn't do it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying you did. Stone has not murdered anyone. He has just been witness. Oh, very convenient and consistent witness. That's true. That's true. He's just, I, I can definitely see Stone just in the back, probably doing like the whole like arm motions of like, what are you doing? Why? Again. Why? <laughs> Again. Come on, dude. Third time this week. <laughs> oh, dear God. I could definitely, I don't know. Yeah, so Zaros killed someone who was wandering through the forest of Malenfeka, getting a little bit away from Tasha's, but just small explanation here. Um, killed a civilian who was kind of being influenced by Tasha, and then pursued... Malenfeka. Malenfeka, so sorry. Um, but what what happened was, Zaros proceeded to talk down to him, and he was scared and pissed off, so he punched Zaros, and then Zaros shot him and killed him. I don't know. I could definitely see this being a big rift between Stone. This is a big rift between a few of the characters, which is, again, why I'm really excited for next... Not excited, because I, I'm gonna have to kind of be a bad guy. Are you the bad guy, though? No, but I'm the bad guy for being, like, hey, fuck you and your fun, you know? But, I mean... My, uh, oh, that, this is a topic for a whole nother episode. This is a topic like, for a whole nother episode, but also... Party conflict is not something I want to, like, personally, like, I want to kill shit together. I don't want to be like, oh, you killed somebody, now my character has beef with that. But that is D&D, so... True. I'm excited I mean, to see how it goes. There's a time to pull the trigger, and there's a time to not. Yeah. At least, that's that's kind of how I took it, and how I took some of your characters to react. Yeah. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, Tasha's pretty good book. Tasha's is pretty good. Um, not gonna lie, a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. From a DM's perspective, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people have said this online. It's very, very obviously it's a player's. It's mm-hmm. also a, it's an addition to the player's handbook, so it's kind of more on the player's side, especially for power gamers. Yeah, because all of these subclasses are so strong. Yeah, none of them are weak. Yeah, but also like you make weak classes. How long until people start? talking shit and stop playing you know no exactly exactly and like the thing is to, when they come out with more books they have to make stronger subclasses to even have people buy it because mm-hmm. if you because a lot of people wait for the reviews and if you have someone out someone else going you know what nine out of ten of these subclasses are shit but that one but that one and so it's almost so they kind of have to make it a little bit more power yeah. gamey which i completely understand but i i do wish there was a little bit more on the gm side yeah, I don't know. A lot of like, the DMG does say like, "Hey, these are a very structured guideline, not necessarily the rules you have to follow." So I I think like, if you are looking for more like GM like stuff like, D and D behind the screen or whatever that subreddit is, that's really cool. I've actually seen some stuff online where that's actually a complaint that you have to go online and and look. Well, the fact that fifth edition specifically is so broad, they're always like. It's almost like they don't they don't want to tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're they're scared to go. Hey, these are the rules. Mm-hmm. Instead, they go. Well, I mean, these could be the rules if you <laughs> if you want them to be. It's that liberal libtard. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God! I'm sorry, that was just too easy. No, it's fine. But that, but that's the thing. Uh, yeah. that that's actually a complaint of some people online. Is like between 
between the DMG, between Xanathar's, and between Tasha's. There's too many, well, I mean, if you want it, you don't yeah. have to. An optional feature, you don't have to use it. Uh, yeah, I could see that, like... When there's when there's not really enough, like... There, there isn't enough structure, like, what, what to do if, um... <laughs> There, there's a small section in the DMG about how to interact with NPCs and like reaction roles and stuff, but mm-hmm. they could definitely go more into that. Yeah. So, I don't know. One last thing, slightly off topic, but also kind of going along with the players, um, players bit. At the beginning of Tasha's, there is the um, customizing your character race, where you can replace a skill for a skill, a mm-hmm. martial weapon for a tool proficiency, vice versa, mm-hmm. and changing out your ability scores. What is your opinion on that? Because me personally, I am so very torn. Uh, on... About moving your plus two and your plus one? Yes. I the, the skills and such, that's honestly for me a little bit easier. I'm like, yeah, sure. If you don't like, if, if you're going to play a dwarven fighter, mm-hmm. dwarves already get proficiency and um, medium and light armor mm-hmm. and Fight it. So it's kind of a redundancy. Yeah. But for me, I'm so very torn on the moving the ability scores, and I, I just wanted your thoughts and opinions. I could see what they were going for. I mean, I guess, like, if the real way to think about it is if you don't, if you want to play a race, but you don't necessarily want to play the class that benefits that race, like, I'm playing a Ganassi Druid that doesn't benefit my class at all. You just happen to roll really, really well. Ex- exactly. Like, you could always take the ASIs and just bump up and whatever you naturally get, just make those your lower scores. You, you know, like, you could do that, but some people don't want to do that. I feel like it's very for the power gamers who are like, yeah, I'll play this and then I can roll and then just whatever yeah. class I want to be, now I can just move that anyways. Right. And see, the thing for me is, like, I, I want to encourage creativity amongst my players and I don't want to, like... I don't, I don't want to punish people who go, you know, I want to play a, um, I want to play a dwarven wizard mm-hmm. who gets, yeah, they get the con benefit, but they don't get the intelligence bonus. Mm-hmm. But a dwarven wizard could be so interesting. Maybe you didn't study with weapons. Maybe you studied with books. So kind of switching that up a little bit, but mm-hmm. there is that easily easy line, very, very thin line to go from, oh, I want to do this for role play to, I want to do this for my own power. Yeah. Because a mountain dwarf barbarian can wear medium armor, have a plus two in their constitution, and a plus two in their intelligence. Mm-hmm. And if you do that as a mountain dwarf wizard, that's that's huge. Yeah, you're no longer the squishy one of the party. Exactly. Which, sure, is good for customization, but I don't know, I feel like it doesn't give you a flaw then. It, like, you're not, you're very capable of being in the fray, and sure, maybe that makes you versatile, but... It's fun sometimes to play the squishy one, you know? And you're like, oh, shit, somebody just got hit for 22 damage. I got to make sure I stay back because I was getting real close, you know? Right, right. And it, I don't know. So so for me, I'm honestly, I've been debating it for the past, like, week and a half or so. Mm. I've been watching videos and seeing, it seems like other people are just doing it and they have been doing it for a while. Me mm-hmm. being a newer DM, I'm, I'm just not sure. Yeah. We'll see with time, I guess. Yeah, I... Like I said, I plan for this campaign to be long, and you guys are level 8 now, so it's not like I have to make the decision right now. Yeah, I mean, unless one of our character perma dies, you know. True. So uh, when I come back on next week and I'm dead... Uh, You're not going to no. be dead. This next session is pretty much all roleplay. No, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> Jump off a cliff. I'll turn into a goldfish, do you know? It'll be okay. Yeah. 
We're gods. Stonefish. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, any closing shots? Um, have a happy, happy Memorial Day. It's December. It is December. <laughs> I don't know. I just felt like throwing you off. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep. Thank you.